Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. We've covered a selection of castles, palaces and hospitals, but is there a reason to why some hotel guests check in? but never check out. Welcome to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding, and this week we're checking in to the most haunted hotels. The UK is steeped in history and is the home to many haunted hotels, some of which I have had the unfortunate pleasure of investigating. I mean unfortunate because nine times out of ten I was absolutely scared to death. Hotels are often full of energy with people checking in and out, visiting old friends, amongst other things. So it's no wonder that these places, especially the older ones, are full of paranormal activity. When filming Most Haunted, I investigated the famous Mermaid Inn in Rye, East Sussex. This hotel is located in the medieval town of Rye, and the building itself dates back more than 600 years, dating back to 1420. Only the cellars of the original building have survived with additions built in the 16th century, making it not only one of the oldest buildings in the country, but also one of the most haunted places in Sussex. Guests and people that owned this property loved it so much that I think they've decided to stick around. The inn has a strong connection to the Hawkehurst gang, a group of smugglers who use the inn's many secret passageways. Some of the ghosts that are said to haunt the mermaid inn include the lady in grey or white who sits by the fireplace, another lady in white who walks across the room and stops right at the foot of the bed, and a man who walks through a bathroom wall, and a woman who is supposed to be the wife of smuggler George Grey, who often appears in the middle of the night and rocks on a chair. And let's not forget the dueling gentlemen who are described as wearing doublet and hose uh, and they are sword fighting and apparently this is a, an apparition that is seen. It's, it's, it's I think, perhaps a memory that's played out. And one of the gentlemen stabs the other one and kills him and drags his body and takes the body um, through a secret passageway, some stairs, which I think lead down to the original cellar. 
Well, when I investigated this location right back in the early days of Most Haunted, and if you're a fan of Most Haunted, you'll know, I think it was either Series 1. It could have been Series 1, actually, <laughs> or Series 2. And you can see how young me, Carl and Stuart looked, uh, but also how we were absolutely, well, we were just rockies, terrified of everything. We actually had to stay in one of the 31 rooms, of which five are haunted. And of course they decided to put me and Carl in the most haunted room. Now, I have to say, my memories of investigating this famous haunted location was rather disappointing. People will say to me, oh, you did the mermaid in, wasn't it absolutely terrifying? And my memory of it is, no, not really. (laughs) I'll be honest, you get some fantastic locations with an amazing history and there's ghosts, there's just everywhere is just teeming with ghosts and yet you can sit there and hardly anything can happen at all well this is what happened to me anyway it's a beautiful hotel and yes as I say steeped in history it's got murder jewels as I talked about and of course smugglers and let's not forget the haunted rocking chair that I mentioned before that the owners get this they had to take it out of the bedroom and the hotel completely, as it was scaring the occupants far too much. People would wake up in the early hours of the morning to see the ghost of a woman rocking backwards and forwards in the chair. How terrifying would that have been? Or sometimes there was no apparition of the woman at all and the chair was just moving completely on its own. And there's one story where a couple that were staying in uh, one of the five haunted rooms, I think they saw the apparition of a man walking through. They were so terrified at seeing this apparition that um, they insisted they brought their stuff down, their duvets down from their room. And they insisted on sleeping on the sofas downstairs in the hotel and used the toilets (laughs) for their morning ablutions. I mean, that has to be one frightening ghost to use public loos, isn't it? As I say, after such great stories and reports of paranormal activity, I was expecting it all to kick off. But the only thing that happened to me and the team when we were all together was a door handle rattled. And then the door burst open as if someone had propelled themselves into our room. Well, of course, we all jumped. We were convinced Uh, that a breeze or even a strong wind, there's no way could have moved that door. Well, later that night, when we were all separated in our haunted rooms, I somehow shakingly managed to go to sleep. And much to my delight, I slept like a log. However, Carl bodied up with another team member and the two men sat up all night in another haunted room. And this is the one with the famous rocking chair. Well, they called out. They spoke for hours trying desperately to get the ghost to come and sit in the chair, which the hotel had very kindly uh, on our request said, yes, we'll put the chair back in the hotel for you just for this one night. But sadly and somewhat very disappointingly, nothing happened at all. But just as Carl and his fellow investigator were about to call it a night, they jumped out of their skin as the door handle rattled, as if someone was trying to get in the room. Well, Carl jumped up and opened the door, but no one was there. Carl and his fellow investigator sat rigid with fear as they then heard and caught on camera the distinct noises of slow footsteps and creaking of the floorboards directly outside the door. Again, Carl went to check to see if someone was there, but there was no one. 
He trained his night vision camera on the door and waited again, holding his breath. Lo and behold, he managed to capture two distinct orbs or light anomalies. What's fascinating to me is that in the early days of Most Haunted, we used to capture an awful lot of these strange light anomalies. Some we now know were insects and dust, but these two lights that Carl had captured were unusual and still to this day very intriguing. So are orbs the manifestation of a spirit? I believe that they are. I think I've told you about the orb we captured at my 40th birthday party. Carl was taking a photograph on, it was before I phones came out. So I think it was a very old uh, mobile phone. And, uh, and the following couple of days, we were in the office and going through my birthday photographs, he put put uh, the phone, connected it to his laptop. And we had a look and they said, oh, what's that? And above my head, you could see this small blue light. Well, Carl blew it up and couldn't believe it. There was my dad's face as large as life staring down at me and smiling. So if you ever see a small ball of light, don't dismiss it straight away. See if you can enlarge it. You never know. It could be a loved one trying to say hello. Oh, I nearly forgot. In my room, going back to the Mermaid Inn, my kind investigation crew had set up a motion detector with infrared beams crossing the width of the room. Now, if a ghost allegedly crossed the beam, an alarm would sound, and they also set up a locked-off camera. Let me tell you, undressing under the duvet was not fun, I can tell you. Well, like I said, I eventually went to sleep sweating in fear under the covers, but it was only later in the edit that the camera picked up some kind of disturbance with the infrared beams. It looked like something was moving them, interfering with them. It was really peculiar. And when I watched it back, it really made me shiver. Was there a ghostly smuggler in my room having a look around? I'll never know. I've lived in Oatnot, but it did freak me out a bit, I can tell you. Of course, we can't talk about haunted hotels without mentioning the iconic Stanley Hotel in Colorado. Now, this hotel has a creepy legacy that is built on a combination of facts, history and hundreds of eyewitness accounts from hotel guests and staff hearing disembodied voices, being touched by someone they can't see and many more strange occurrences. It opened in 1909. The Stanley Hotel is a large, stately lodge overlooking the town of Estes Park. I hope I've pronounced that correctly. I can't remember. But before this was built, the land was home to Ute and Arapaho tribes. By the 1970s, the hotel had fallen into great disrepair and was a shell of its former self. If it hadn't been for one famous author and a nightmare that he had that took place in room 217. One weekend in the 1970s, author Stephen King took a trip to the hotel with his wife, Tabitha. With it being the last day of the season, there were only two in the hotel that night, staying in room 217. In a lucid nightmare, the author dreamed of a coiled fire hose coming to life and chasing his screaming son as he ran down the halls of the hotel. After waking in a panic, King lit a cigarette and stared out of the window. By the time he had finished the cigarette and gone back to bed, the rough outline of The Shining was fully formed in his mind. 
Funnily enough, strange and paranormal happenings had been reported in the hotel long before the 1970s, some specifically associated to room 217. Although the hotel's creator died in 1940, many believe his presence can still be seen and felt in the hotel, particularly in the billiard room. According to multiple accounts, the phantom of his wife, Flora, has a knack for tinkering on the piano and some tour guides believe a child walks around playing with people's hair. And guests on the fourth floor have shared stories of children's laughter in the halls with no one around the Stanley Hotel. Not only this, but the Stanley Hotel also has an on-site pet cemetery, plus a large cave system under the hotel. How very strange. Now, I know I've told you about my experiences at this hotel before, and I have to say, it, it is one of the most scariest locations I've ever had the unfortunate pleasure to stay in. I don't know if you know this about me, but whenever we go and do an investigation for, say, for instance, Most Haunted and we're filming it, I don't like to know anything about the location if I can help it before we go. I want it to be a surprise. So I want to know, uh, I don't want to know anything about it, any of its history. I want to know when I get there and I won't look around the property until we start filming. I want to see it with fresh eyes, see how frightening it is. And and in my mind, I'm summing up, oh, it's okay now in the daylight, but what the hell is it going to be like in the dark? And, and I think that that energy that you get from that is sort of infectious with the rest of the crew because they've been there most of the day. They're doing sort of all sorts of shots, GVs, getting atmosphere shots. And then I roll up hours later and I, I think my, oh my God, this is amazing. Oh, it's really creepy. It can then have a sort of second wave on the crew, which I think is really helpful. So this is exactly what happened at the Stanley Hotel. I I knew it had something to do with The Shining. I knew it was a very famous hotel, but I didn't necessarily know about the particular hauntings. And I didn't know which rooms were haunted. And of course, the staff of the hotel very kindly put me and Carl in room 217. Little shits. Anyway, <laughs> pardon my French. Oh, it was horrific. So I apologise if I've told this story before, but I'm sure you won't mind. So there we were, all turned up. And first of all, I had altitude sickness. And I don't know if you've ever had this, but it's absolutely awful. So you're in Colorado, never been there before. Beautiful scenery, gorgeous mountains. The hotel looks out on, I mean, it's postcard. It, it's just the most beautiful scenery with all these peaks and you can see snow on the top and it's amazing. Oh, but I felt so ill. I remember sitting down, we were having coffee with everybody when we first got to the hotel and we were sat outside. And I said, oh, God, I just feel so sick. I wasn't sick, but I had to go and lie down. I felt dizzy, so full of nausea. It was, it was awful. Anyway, had my nana nap and felt a bit better. And we started to film later on. Now, bearing in mind the hotel, it did have other guests in it, but it was low season. So there was hardly anybody there. We were in room 217. We put our bags when we first were showed into the room. Nobody told me about its history. Put our bags on top of the beds. It's a, it's a rather big room with a rather large bed. And if you've ever stayed in American hotels, their doubles and kings is like twice the size of our bed size. Anyway, it's a massive bed. 
And if you're looking at the bed from the door, you've got sort of um, uh, chest of drawers to the left, I think. And then off to the right uh, is a door and that's your ensuite bathroom there. So I put our uh, suitcases, Carl put the suitcases and I put some of my bags on top of the bed and we went outside, like I say, and went and had a cup of coffee and so on and so on. I came back upstairs wanting to have a lie down because I was feeling sick. Open the door and the bags had all been opened and my clothes were, were just, all our clothes were actually, actually and Carl's, they were everywhere. They were on the floor. They were, and I thought, what the hell? What is somebody having a joke? What's going on? So anyway, I um, put a lot of the clothes away, put them in drawers and so on, and put, you know, as you do when you've got your suitcase, you, you, put, you put your things you don't need immediately need back in your suitcase, don't you? And I zip them up and I put the suitcases on the floor. Went on the bed, had a sleep, absolutely nothing. No noises, no nothing. I felt absolutely fine. I thought, this is a lovely room. I'm quite happy sleeping here. It feels good. It's got a nice energy about it. That night we went, I went, I went back uh, downstairs, had something to eat, came back upstairs to get ready to start filming. <laughs> Same thing had happened, but the drawers were open and it was as if I'd Somebody had come in and tried to steal something from the bedroom and they were looking for something. Do you know what I mean? So it was really, and this by this point, I called everybody up now. You need to come and see this. This is really, really weird and starting to freak me out. And I think Carl had said to everybody, including the staff, don't tell Yvette anything about this room. It'll be great for filming because we're staying in the most haunted room. But if she knows how bad it is, there's no way. She, I'll know my wife. She won't stay in it. So nobody said anything to me. They went, oh, that's a bit strange. <laughs> Aren't they awful? We did the we did the filming. Loads of stuff happened. But for me, the scariest bit is, uh, like I say, I apologise if you've heard it before, but um, I, Carl carried on filming and I was, uh, I'd done my bit of filming, my investigation, satisfied that, you know, this place was haunted. We were getting loads of stuff. And I think it was like four or five o'clock in the morning. And I just said, I'm absolutely shattered. I'm going to go to my room. But I thought after everything that I'd experienced, it, it, it makes you very jumpy and spooky. And I just thought, I don't fancy being on my own. And one of the other ladies on the team at the time, she said, well, neither do I. So I said, well, why don't you come to my room and we'll sleep together on top of the bed, which is what we did. Well, we're lying there and we're just, you know, that sort of when you're tired and you're just talking to each other and you're trying to sort of nod off. And all of a sudden, I'm sort of lying on the left of the bed. So the, the bathroom door is on my left. We hear like, something clattering around and in the bathroom like things being dropped on the floor and it was really weird and I, we both sat up and went someone's in the bathroom anyway I thought this is odd so I was brave <laughs> went and opened the door nobody there and we both no no we definitely heard it there was somebody in the bathroom this is really odd lay back down noise happened again got back up then we starting to get a bit freaked out now and we just sort of, sort of, you know, so we were exhausted. Anyway, chatting away, chatting away, chatting away, just about to drop off a moment of silence. And then both of us at the same time leapt out of the, I mean, leapt, leapt. I cannot tell you how frightening it was. Above our faces, the loudest noise of a man going, ha, ha. That was, 
my God, we've never screamed, we've never run so quickly out of that room. And we ran down those awful corridors that are, you know, that uh, Stephen King, you know, in The Shining, you see those corridors, don't you, with the ghost of the little girls on the on the bikes. That is exactly the same as that. So we're running down these long corridors and we eventually get to my friend's room. And she says, come on, we'll stay in here. And we stayed in that room. And I was, I was sh- physically shaking. She was physically shaking. And I think we both had a bit of a cry because we were so frightened. The following morning, we spoke to the receptionist. She said Jim Carey had stayed in that room and he had run down, absolutely shaking. He still had his duvet around him from that room in the early hours of the morning. And he said, I need, I, I, I need to get out of here. I need a taxi. I need to get out of here. And he wouldn't tell them what had happened. But I really believe that he heard and experienced what me and my friend experienced. And I don't know who it was, uh, what that ghost is, or why he likes to frighten people like that. But it was a real malevolent, nasty, horrible noise. And the fact that both of us heard it at exactly the same time. I know it was real. And I'd love, if anybody's listening uh, who's ever stayed at the Stanley Hotel and ever stayed in 217, please let me know. Get in touch because I'd love to know your experiences. Or even if you just stayed in that particular hotel, I would love to go back. I would never sleep in room 217. I think I'd pretend to sleep and see if the same thing happens again. Or if you're going there or you know someone that's going there, tell them of my story and make sure you've got everything right running, voice recorders, everything going and pretend to go to sleep and see what happens. Report back to me. I need to know. Anyway, let's jump back across the pond uh, to another hotel I investigated with the Most Wanted team. And of course, uh, a lot of you will remember this if you watch Most Wanted. It's the Station House Hotel in lovely Dudley, one of my favourite places. Now, this is argued as the most haunted hotel in the West Midlands. The Station Hotel opened in 1898 with a courtyard and stables. Carriages and cars would drop people off right outside in front of the main door. So it's very posh. Opposite the hotel, the Opera House opened a year later in 1899, which brought rich upper class people to Dudley. But sadly, it burned down later in 1933. Could there be a connection to this and the paranormal activity that takes place? Possibly. The hotel has dark, expansive cellars, which seems to be a connecting factor here that leaves people apparently feeling exhausted and frightening. Now, Most Haunted visited the station Hotel in 2003 and reported some strange experiences. Now, during an all-ladies vigil in room 217, uh, look out if you stay there and this is your room number, uh, the team witnessed some unexplained light phenomena and in the now infamous room 214, a locked-off camera captured the chair beside the window and a bed as it moved by itself. Guests have fled the bedrooms in terror and refused to return and poltergeist activity within the cellars and restaurants is a common occurrence. On a recent ghost hunt at the Station House Hotel, a coin was thrown in the cellar and heard to land, only to roll back in the darkness and return to the foot of the person who threw it. 
Now, this place was extremely exciting to me as we had the whole place, every room, nook and cranny, all to ourselves. Like a kid in a sweet shop I was. In fact, I think we were given the key and the staff left for the night. Uh, that was a bit of a creepy feeling, let me tell you. Bye, see you in the morning. They laughed as they went. <laughs> I remember sitting on a bed uh, with a colleague and we kept hearing noises in the room as if someone or something was walking around the bed. And yes, I do remember we were filming some strange light anomalies. Again, insects, dust, I don't know. Or was it the first manifestation of a spirit? We don't know. We had set up locked off cameras in various rooms, but it was in, as I've just mentioned, 214, that room there, that we caught something very unusual on camera. It was only in the edit a few days later that we discovered uh, exactly what we'd caught, and it was something very unusual. In fact, it was the edit facility at the time in Manchester that we were using. Uh, they phoned us uh, in our office and said, you need to get in here. I think you've caught something fabulous on camera. Well, me and Carl, we rushed into Manchester and watched in fascination. I mean, the whole edit room was was just crammed with everybody that worked at this edit facility. They were all absolutely fascinated, as were we. Uh, and we were all in awe as the camera showed a chair and a bed move all on its own. Oh, we were so gobsmacked and excited and I have to say, a little bit creeped out and frightened. I love this footage so much. It was one of the, because it was one of the first times we as a team had caught anything really interesting. I thought, I think we'd caught um, a cross moving in a prison uh, that I talked about um, uh, an episode back. I think it's because it was such a large thing that had moved, a bed. You know, we had all the, the cynics and, you know, we were all thinking, was it a truck that had gone by on the main road and had vibrated the the bed and, and the chair to move? But I think the bed, and the, the bed and the chair, they move at different times. So that kind of didn't make sense either. I haven't been back to the Station House Hotel and don't know what's become of the location. Uh, I'm sure it's still there. Has it had a facelift? Is it still a hotel? And if so... Is it still terrifying? Guess. If you've ever stayed there or you're about to stay there, I'd love to hear about your experiences. And like I say, if you're about to stay there, let me know about your fears. Mum's The Word is a brand new parenting podcast hosted by me, Ashley James. Pregnancy, piles and all the other problems that come with parenting, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. Join me each week on my journey through motherhood as we celebrate the amazing highs as well as the lows. As it's my first time, we'll have celebrities, experts and hopefully you guys too who will help me figure out what the hell I'm supposed to be doing. Find us wherever you got this podcast. Just search Mum's The Word. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Welcome back. Alice got in touch with us this week on email to share her experiences with the paranormal. The first is when she was 13 and the second at her work in an old school building. Hi there, my name's Alice. Um, I've had a couple of experiences with the paranormal. My first experience was I was about 13 and I was living in a bungalow at the time that my grandfather had built, uh, that my uh, father had grown up in. And I was on my computer and it was in the study and it was adjoined to my bedroom. And to my left, where the door was, uh, I all of a sudden felt a bit of a presence. I can't really explain what it felt like really, but I just knew that somebody was there. And I sort of looked over, but there was no one there. So I went back to my computer and a couple minutes later I saw something out of the corner of my eye and as I turned to the doorway there was a man standing there and he was a completely black shadow but what I can remember so vividly is that I could actually see part of his his mouth and his jaw where it was almost like he'd had like a cloak over his head but a bit of light caught his his mouth and his jaw and he didn't say anything but he was so tall that he would have had to have bent down below you know the top of the doorway and I was frozen in fear it was so scary and uh, all of a sudden he turned very slowly to his left and just walked through the wall and I I think as anybody would I jumped up from the chair and I ran into the living room and I said, Dad, Mum, th- there's a ghost in my room. And they were like, oh, yeah, Alice, OK, whatever. And um, I was like, no, no, there really is. They didn't believe me come the end. But um, 
I can remember that I was so scared that I spent a couple of days in, in the living room on the couch because I, I didn't want to go back in there. I eventually did and I, I didn't see him again. That was the only time that I saw him. My second experience was um, that I work in a very old building and uh, this building, it, date ba- it dates back a long time. It was uh, a workhouse and it was filled with children and lords and things like that and it was also used as a hospital in World War II. And, and I know that, you know, the manager that is there now has told me, you know, they've caught all sorts of things on their security cameras, doors closing, uh, footsteps, shuffling, all sorts. And I know that they've even had a medium go in and uh, he caught on a little boy named Jack. Now, he might have been uh, one of the children that worked in the workhouse and I know that they've they've pulled up some floorboards and they found a little pair of shoes um, under the floorboards that could have belonged to uh, a child that worked in the workhouse before. But I know that there's a lot of things going on there. And one of the nights, the manager of the centre said to me, I think we should do uh, an evening, a, a medium night or a ghost night and have a walk around with people and stuff like that. So we were like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. So a lady came in and I was part of a small group that was going around the building and she taught us how to scry in a mirror. So I was sat down with this other girl and I was looking in the mirror and all of a sudden I saw a little girl just poke her head out of a curtain that was just behind us. And I was thinking, I hope somebody else can see this. I'm not hallucinating. Um, but this little girl was, she was owned, she would have only been about five. She was so small. And all of a sudden, she ran out from behind the curtain. And this black shadow went across the wall and across the other side of the window. And I jumped up and I, I was like, no, I can't do this. This is too scary. And I ran out of the room. It was later that the girl that I was doing it with came up to me and she said, oh, can I just speak to you about the scrying for a minute? I said, yeah. And she said, did you see the little girl? And I was like, oh, you saw her too. She said, yes, I saw her. She was behind the curtain. I was like, oh God, that's, that's, that's brilliant. You know, that we've both seen the same thing. And it was so like interesting. And we, I can remember we sat down all evening just talking about you know things that we've seen and you you know things that we've experienced but both of my experiences have have certainly been very scary to me but I'd just like to say thank you for all that your crew and everything have done over the past 20 years it's been a privilege to watch and I've been a massive fan I think since the very beginning so keep doing what you do and uh, thank you.
Oh, thank you so much, Alice, for your experience. I, honestly, it means so much to me that you, you get in touch and tell me of your wonderful experiences. Oh, my God. How did you not poo yourself? I'm not surprised you didn't want to stay in your room after seeing the ghostly man. Um, how wonderful that both of you saw the ghost of the little girl, though. I love it when more than one person, as I've just said, is party to paranormal activity. That makes me sing. Honestly, I get so excited. It also sounds to me like you are a sensitive person. Now, you, young lady, keep doing what you're doing. I'm being a little bit psychic here, but just from hearing your voice, I know that you have or about to, you're, you're about to help people either by kind words or acts. You take care and keep in touch, Alice. Get in touch yourselves with any paranormal stories that you've had. And if you have ever visited a haunted hotel and have had an experience, please let me know. One thing's for sure, if you're looking at booking into a hotel with a large cellar below or into room 217 or 214, maybe look for the nearest Holiday Inn instead. I would. Now, let's take a moment for ourselves and put the focus on breathing with our wonderful friend, Paul Wales. Today, we're focusing on inflammation. Thank you for listening to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding, and a huge thanks to all our lovely listeners for sharing their visitation stories with us. You can get in touch and share your own stories at this address, which is contact at paranormalpod.co.uk, or we are on WhatsApp, and the number is 075-999-27537. Do not be shy. Come on, share your stories. Tell me all about it, and you never know, I might pick up the phone. And of course, we are on Instagram uh, and the handle is at Paranormal Activity Pod. Stay up to date with the newest episodes by giving us a follow. And we'll be back again same time next week. But if you can't wait until then, visit this address. It's www.paranormalpod.co.uk where you can find opportunities to get episodes a day early. You lucky things. Have a great week. Stay safe. And remember... Things aren't always as they seem. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. 
Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.